The Block Talk podcast started because of my passion for the property management industry. I wanted to start a conversation and add some value within the industry with a diverse range of people and professionals who can add something extra. As we start out, my aim is that the podcast offers some useful insight into a variety of views, opinions, thoughts, and foresights from our guests who include business leaders and industry experts. If you enjoy the podcast and want to find out any other information, head on over to brianwelsh.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the Block Talk Podcast with me, Brian Welsh. Um, this podcast, as you all know, is all about um, people working in the property management industry. In this episode, we are talking to one of the newest additions to CPL Software, Tom Bezik. He's in a first-time role for CPL, um, Business Development Manager, um, which and he came on board a few months ago. Um, so, Tom, um, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, a little bit cold now that we're getting into the winter months, but... Other than that, it is freezing. It was well, it must be because you're from the north of England, so it must be a lot colder here. But, uh, um, okay, so if you're new to Block Talk and listening, it's a podcast produced by CPL Software, um, team for industry professionals. We try and speak to people from contractors um, to um, principals and people working in the property management industry, and just anything to do with kind of factoring and block management. Um, so Tom joined us in July, um, and you've hit the ground running pretty well, which has been good. Um, obviously, a lot of business out there for us. Um, but tell me, about give me a bit of background about Tom. Who is Tom? Then? So, I mean, I started off in university uh, doing graphic design advertising. So for me, I always thought that my route was going to be graphic design, just oh, wow. journey imagery. Um, and... Because I was becoming more and more enveloped in the advertising side, I obviously sat quite close to sales. Right, okay. And so that's kind of where that kind of passion began. I started to learn more about uh, consultative sales more than uh-huh. you know direct approach. And so I just fell in love with with you know solving problems, and I think that's the approach that I try and take. Uh, and so it all kind of stemmed from that. And doing that now for a number of years. Yeah. Um, I just love being able to go out, speak to people, you know, learn about their problems, how we can solve them and, and create solutions, really. Cool. Okay. Okay. And, and I think that was one of the biggest things that came across when we interviewed you, actually, was that, because, you know, you're always, I mean, this is a solution set. You know, you are effectively fixing problems. Yeah. I mean, a couple of them, in fact, were, were people you're talking to, people I've been talking to recently. You know, I, I mean, the one that we've just done, We've sold goes live next year. We've just done an audit for them to to look at what they're using our current product for. And do you know the 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 value add for us is just massive. You know, uh, for that for that customer, and and it's just amazing because people don't know what they don't know, exactly. right? So, and that is one of the challenges. But yeah, hopefully we can get in front of people and, and tell them about these sort of things. Okay, so give me a an overview of what you do in the team in CPL. So essentially, I'm I'm that guy that gives you a call on a on a Tuesday morning. That's the last thing you want. <laughs> you just come out of a meeting, and there I am on the other end of the phone. Um, but essentially, I'm looking at uh, introducing new business to CPL, uh, and also communicating with our existing customers to make sure that they're making full use of our full product suite. Essentially, okay, okay. 
And so how has the past few months been? It's been really good. Like you said, I feel like we've we've hit the ground running with the role. Um, it's been fascinating kind of speaking to existing customers, learning about what has been beneficial for them since using CPL. Uh, but also speaking to you know new sectors or new um, companies that we haven't communicated with massively in the past yeah. and understanding where CPL can fit in with their current operation. And so it's been a it's been a, a learning experience. I'm new to the industry, uh, and so for me, it's just been a case of trying to soak up as much information as possible, uh-huh. um, so I can start to regurgitate that when people start asking me questions that maybe I wouldn't have known six months ago. Yeah, <laughs> good. No, no, and that, and that's the way it has been. We've been on a few demos together, actually. In fact, we seem to be happy doing demos all the time at the moment. Um, and you know, it is like that because it, you know. The, the the market is quite varied, you know, the, yeah. and people's pain points are quite varied as well. So Definitely, it's just about finding finding a solution for that. Okay, so it's been conference season for us lately. So we've done Arma in London a few weeks ago. We've just had Property Managers Association, yeah. Scotland. Uh, we've got a couple of other housing association ones coming up before the end of the year. Um, how did you find them? And I guess what did what were your takeaways? So starting with the ARM conference, it was I think to describe it in a couple of words, eye opening. Yeah. I think um to look at the industry down in England, Wales and Northern Ireland and understand where people's thoughts lie with the current solutions and where their challenges lie. I think it was quite an exciting, eye-opening experience for us. Yeah. Um, I think CPL is offering quite a lot to, to clients north of the border, mm-hmm. um, but we haven't really understood how much relevance that carries down south. And so going to the Armour Conference and speaking to you know people in various different companies and understanding that, well, actually, we've, we've got something here that is potentially going to be game-changing for them mm-hmm. was really, really exciting. Uh, and so I think for us, uh, it was really valuable to go and speak to those people. I would entirely agree with that. In terms of the PMAS, again, it was it was fantastic to meet quite a few of our existing customers, mm-hmm. uh, and that was a, maybe a little bit disconcerting from my perspective because everybody knows us, but I'm not sure <laughs> everybody else is. There was a lot of squinting, looking at badges as people came over, uh, but on the most part, everybody was really friendly. It was fantastic to kind of meet um, the customers that we've currently got, and um, and again, learning about what CPL's done for them. And, and you know how we can incorporate some of the new products that are being developed into their current operation, and, and kind of take things even further than, than they are now. Yeah, I always find it a wee bit um, disconcerting at these things because I do. I've, I mean, I've not done it for since the beginning of the year, but I used to do a lot of kind of LinkedIn videos and these sort of things. Mm. And um, and obviously, I do podcasts. And we were at the conference. One of the sponsors came up and said, "Oh, I, I listen to your podcast." Mm. I don't know why, but I instantly went. Okay, um, but um, but it was quite it was quite interesting to get feedback on that from them. Yeah, um, which was which was very positive. There's no request for uh, an autograph then. <laughs> there was, but it was just someone taking the piss. So um, so yeah. So but actually met a few people who we've not had on as well, and you know so we we interview well interview wide range of people on this, but one of the places we've not really we've done a couple of kind of people who work into the industry as contractors. We've not done a, a huge amount of that. So we found another two that we could do um, 
from PMAS, which was which was really really interesting. Yeah. But I, I think that the biggest one for me is when someone walks up to me and says, "Hi Brian, how are you? How's Arthur?" And I go, "Yeah, okay, I don't know who you yeah. are. I don't know if I've not met you before, or because uh, uh, because I'm getting older, my memory's going." So um, so yeah, that's always a bit of a, a bit of a one for me. And I and I thought as well. I mean, again, like I said, this is a new industry for me, and it very much felt like there was a sense of community within the Property Managers Association. And obviously, you're particularly well-known. Um, but it, it very much felt like um, everybody's quite friendly. Everybody knows one another. Um, and it's a very collaborative environment. We're looking yeah. at solutions on a whole as an industry rather than kind of keeping things to ourselves and not you know, making anybody privy to that information, which I think is quite refreshing from, from my standpoint, definitely. I think there is the bit that goes on, but you're right. You know, the um, the talks that were being done as well were mm. very, um, you know, it's good to have people in the room who are going to um, add value to those talks as well. Yeah, and in the industry, I think they are fairly close. You know? Yeah. So, okay. Um, okay, so you're new to the team and to the product. Yeah. Um, and I always find it interesting when people ask to see the product before they come on board to the job, which is always good because it means they don't just want any job. They want to, they want to, they want to, they want to know the company they want to work for. Yeah. And in fact, we have quite a few people nowadays who say um, that they've seen our website, they they've seen the culture that we 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 have within our business. They've seen the benefits packs we have in our business. We actually have people who say they want to come and work for us, which I find quite amazing for a business that's got 24 people or 25 people. I just just don't see that. But that's something that people have said in the past, which is always really good for me. Because um, I, I guess it's validating what you're doing. Like so what do you think stands out about what the product can offer or our clients are perspective. I think it's being able to offer something that that nobody else is is currently able to do. Yeah. We have, I mean, the three things that I'd identified, you know, from the get-go essentially after going through the training and understanding and learning the product mm-hmm. was transparency, flexibility, and efficiency. I think they're the three core pillars of, of what CPL does. And um, you know, and especially with the current legislation in, in Scotland, the transparency aspect is is massive. Yeah. And it's something that's really crucial to a lot of our clients. But not only that, you know, we are developing the system at a rate of knots. And yeah. You'll obviously be aware of that. And so it's not a case of the system is standing still. And, uh-huh. you know, this is what you get and this is how it's going to be. It's a case of this is what we've got now. That's going to be completely different in six months' yeah. time. Yeah. And that's where that flexibility lies. It's a case of, everybody's different and everybody's got different processes and they work in different ways. And so being able to to tailor uh, a system and, and kind of make changes and adapt it to suit in everybody's in particular way of working, um, it helps us to be able to to kind of break the mold and make sure that we're offering a service that is, is like you said, adding a significant amount of value to each and every one of our clients, depending on how they currently operate. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, it, it's funny because... Um, I've spoken, I mean, this has happened over the years a number of times, and I don't know what investment we've got in our product. I mean, I, I probably we've probably at least got a couple of million quid invested in that in that product set. Um, in fact, probably more than that actually. Um, and when you look at our business as well, um, 
50% of our, our team are developers. Mm. So, you know, and I mean, our team has it's not doubled over the last six to 12 months, but it's certainly increased um, significantly and near, and near that. And and the majority of those people are developers now. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's and that is that is testament to the fact that we still have problems to solve and we still have markets to move into and these sort of things. So, so yeah, it's a very exciting time to be. It's a very exciting time. And I'm glad you picked up on those things, actually, when you were, um, once you've seen the product. Okay, so one of the biggest things for us at the moment is Housing Association Scotland, because, and I don't know quite what's happened, um, but over the last, maybe, maybe it's because you've phoned the more connecting with LinkedIn, but the amount of inbound um, connections and inbound inquiries we're getting is, is significant at the moment. Um, why do you think that is, and 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 how is the kind of those conversations evolving with housing associations? I think there's a there's a mindset shift starting to appear. I think a lot of housing associations in the past have seen the factoring side of their operation as a necessary evil, and they're starting to understand that they have a duty of care to the client at the end client at the end of the day, and so they want to be providing the best possible service to that client. And so the current methods of, of providing that service at the moment with an all-in-one system kind of falls short of the mark. Yeah. And I think that's becoming more and more prevalent because people are more and more privy to information in the technology age now. And yeah. So if you're speaking to a friend that's using a different service and they're, they're offering much better value, then absolutely they're going to be talking and you'd be wondering why you're not receiving that service. And so products like CPL are now becoming more and more prevalent to that side of the industry because yeah. it's becoming more and more important to their end client and at the end of the day they're the most important people around the table um, but not only that you know it's a case of being able to provide your own staff the tools that they need in order to to carry out their job in the manner that is expected you know yeah. the, the the level of service that you're wanting to provide to the clients and so maintaining staff and keeping talent is crucial yeah. uh, and to be able to provide them with the right tools is going to is going to keep them, you know, in your organisation rather than starting to look elsewhere. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that. I mean, this is, you know, we've spoken, Jackson and I have spoken to people about, you know, well-being and of property management and all that. We've, we've spoken uh, at huge lengths on the podcast about that. So actually finding good people and keeping them in this industry is, 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 is not the easiest thing in the world to do. But if you're not providing them with the tools to do a job, then that becomes a hell of a lot harder. And I think the challenge, and, and I've, I found this when I was chatting to someone recently that, that we've, we've been speaking to, um, the challenge is, and it comes back to the, I don't know what I don't know. Mm. Because, you know, at the end of the day, housing associations do an enormous amount of, uh, of, of, of things and activities that aren't factoring related. Factoring is probably a relatively small part of what a housing association does. So, Actually, for mainstream housing association provider, software providers, spending time and effort on a kind of what's relatively small part, I guess, of what a housing association does, maybe doesn't make sense. And and even, you know, we, 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 we even speak to people who have housing association software that's, that's newer, and it actually even has a factoring package, but... Mm. But what is a factoring package? You know, what is a you know that you can't you can't just say I do factoring. Yeah, it's you know I mean? just a tick box yeah. rather than an actual value added service. Absolutely, and I think that's the challenge. And I think 
the challenge there is if and, and a lot of a lot of the inquiries or some inquiries are a lot too fair. Some inquiries that we get are from people who have moved from a private factor yeah. to a housing association. They've seen what CPL can provide them and they look at what they're being provided and go, How do I do my job with this? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just not gonna happen. And and you you often say, you know, factoring is not easy. It's yeah. a difficult thing to do. And so if you've got somebody that is professing to be the jack of all trades, they end up being the master of yeah. none. And so you are factoring, you know, there are housing associations that are engaging in the factoring process. And if you've not got the tools to do that correctly and efficiently, uh-huh. you know, you're falling behind. You know, you have to do it at the end of the day. And like we say, it's not easy. Yeah. So why not provide you and your staff with the best tools to, to carry out the job? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Okay, so what can people expect when they speak to you? So I think some people may have the preconception that it's going to be a sales pitch, right. which it very much isn't. I think, like we were mentioning before, we, we attack this from a, a consultancy standpoint. Yeah. I think we, if you speak to me, it's a case of wanting to, for me to want to understand where the challenges lie. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I need to know that we can, we can satisfy those needs. Yeah. You know, there's no point of us trying to push a product on somebody that isn't going to work at the end of the day. You know, that doesn't work on both sides of the, you know, the table. So for me, it's a case of understanding where the challenges lie and what they need out of the system. And then I look at, okay, well, can CPL provide that? And if it can, how do we do that? And then at that point, we can then, if you're happy with it, discuss up further date and go through a demonstration and start to understand how that software is going to work for you. And, you know, having a physical demonstration, seeing the software in action and typical use case is going to give you a massive amount more information as to how that's going to operate on a day-to-day basis internally than, you know, just speaking over the phone. And so it's a discovery more than anything. It's not a sales pitch. It's a case of working with you to understand whether this is going to be the right product for you. And it's not going to suit everybody. Um, but, you know, we've seen great success in, in the private market and we believe that we can carry that through and provide a solution to, to housing associations in Scotland, but as well as the rest of the UK. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, when... when I remember this actually not when I when I started CPL. I remember having this conversation with somebody um, years ago, actually, and it was all about what business is good business. Mm. And, and, you know... One one of the challenges is that it costs the same pretty much, or or it certainly not doesn't scale in the same way. But if we supply a product to someone who's got I don't know a thousand units, or someone who's got twenty thousand units, actually a lot of the work we need to do is the same work. Um, so if you supply a product to someone who actually is not going to get a huge amount of value out of it because they're not set up to use it. They're not set, you know, the factoring is just, yeah. a, I don't know, a, a, an invoice that goes out and it's a necessary evil. Yeah. Then they're not really the client people were clients were maybe looking for because we cannot add value there. I'd much rather we add value to the people who, actually want to make things better yeah do you know what i mean and and that that and you know when you start a business you just want every bit of business you can get but actually now because because we've got that resource to make and let's say it's 10 days worth of resource mm-hmm. um it could be two it could be 20 but but let's say 10 if you've got 10 days of a resource to get a client on board 
you want to do that for someone who's actually engaged yeah, yeah. in the process and Definitely. wants it to happen. Yeah. You know, rather than just, you know, we're putting in a bit of software. So I guess from our point of view as well, it, I'm not going to say we pick and choose if we take someone as a client because that that's not how that's not how it works. But we would certainly walk away from something where we didn't think we would add value, or whether they where the other side or the the people we're partnering with were wanting to engage. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we are trying to engage with people that we do believe we can add value. And so, if you have received an email from me, and I'm sure there's some of you out there that have. There is, a, there is a reason because we do believe that there is value there that can be added. And yeah. you know, all we're asking for at the end of the day is to just have a discovery call and, and see if you see the same value there yeah. as we do. Yeah. Um, because you know we don't want to take on board customers that aren't going to see value in the system because that's going to reflect negatively in us at the end yeah. of the day. And, and that's not what we want. We want to have a harmonious relationship and, yeah. and help people to grow. And it, and it raises a good point. You know, there are a few... Um, companies out there that may believe that they might be too small but you know if you are wanting to scale and, and increase in size cpl is a really really valuable tool yeah to enable them to do that you know you've yeah. got all the resources at that point to then scale at your speed yeah i mean i, I get that and you know the, when i first started cpl um i would sit at night and send our invoices mm. okay because because i didn't didn't want to couldn't afford to get someone to to do that for me and that's and a lot of people do those sort of things but it but it, so so you know someone has a factoring business and they have 500 units or 200 units and they're sitting there going okay i can't afford to bring this person on board i'll just do it myself and see when you double and then double again mm. you you have no life and yeah. and you know you're on this planet once you might and you're doing this to build a business so you can enjoy it so actually i mean our smallest client that we've ever had join us, I think joined us with almost no no developments because they knew they were going to take on business yeah. and they wanted a platform in place so that they could do that. And they're now nine, ten thousand units, you know what I mean? So 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 it is absolutely there's no yes, you're gonna to have to invest financially, but, but it's very much an investment. It's not a case of it is just dead money you know yeah, is yeah. providing those really valuable tools to you know to scale yeah 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 okay good right so let's do the getting to know tom bit um i hear you're an f1 fan and actually you just told me something about that before we came on air that you needed to mention as well how did you get into that and what did that where did that go for you i think that's always been a case of being a bit of a petrol head and obviously you are as well um, i mean i've just been fascinated with machines since as long as i can remember and I was even just diggers and, and all sorts you know anything mechanical mm -hmm. i was in on it and so that naturally led me down the path of you know sport and and then sport and formula one um but i've just found it a it, there's just a certain complexity to it where I mean, I know at the minute, if there's any F1 fans out there, it can be a little bit monotonous when one person is winning all the time. But beneath that, there's so much complexity in what's going on and, and the challenges that are lying in an individual race in terms of strategy. It's you know, There's never a dull moment if you're fully aware of everything that's going on up and down the field. Mm -hmm. um, it's very engaging. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's often times where it's, it is monotonous and it's not very good. But on the whole... I find it gets me much more engaged than a lot of other sports. Yeah, yeah. It's funny you should say that actually, because 
my eldest son is just F1 Matt. Yeah, oh, really? uh, and he, he yeah, if, they all, if there's ever an F1 question comes up in a quiz, we have a quiz as well. If anyone comes up in a, a quiz, he always gets it right. Yeah. Uh, and actually, he was um, he was on the chase um, a year ago or something. They won, actually. Oh, wow. And um, one of the last que- – he gets ripped on social media all the time. If you go and look, okay. look at the episode, because he took the lower offer, right? right? But he got, like, six questions in the bit at the end. So yeah. they wouldn't have won if he wasn't there. So, But but he, I, his brother ribs him about it as well. And there was a question – I can't remember it was – but it was about um, um, what type of car is a blah blah, mm. and and it was Maserati, and he got it right. And the only reason he got it right is because I've been Maserati and and a petrolhead for years. I've been I've been I love kind of fast cars, and and so that's what got him into it. Mm. Um, he loves it as he loves it. A good pal of mine at school with loves it, but. But I mentioned it to my father. Now, okay, he's 87 now. But I mentioned it to my father. He said, yeah, I'd rather just sit and turn my, paint the wall and turn my uh, chair to the wall and watch it dry. I'm like, how is that possible? How is that possible? I, you know, it's funny. It's funny you should say that because my other half, she was never particularly interested in Formula One. But when you go to a race and the atmosphere is, by the definition of the word electric, you know, you've got helicopters flying over, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's thousands of people in the stands, you've got the noise from the cars. It's just, um, I don't know, as soon as I went, I was like, right, all my money is going on following this around the world. Yeah. Often time constraints are, are a very real thing, but it is, I don't know, I think anybody that's, that's seen it and not been fussing it, go and watch a race and yeah. tell me you still feel the same way. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've only done it once. I said the Silverstone with Jamie once. So, okay. Um, so, if you weren't working for CPL, what would your dream job be? Very good question. I've again on the on the machines yeah. side of things. I've always been fascinated with with machines, and so I think I've always said that I'd quite like to have been a pilot. Okay. Well. Um, I don't think I'm quite clever enough for it, <laughs> or routine enough, maybe. Okay. Uh, to have the to have the discipline to go through your pre-flight check every time. But um, now there's something fascinating about it, and I love flying. I absolutely love it. You know, the journey for me is just as exciting as the destination when you go and fly. And so, the, the longer the flight, the more exciting it is for me. Um, but yeah, I think if I had if I had the smarts and I went back in time, maybe maybe a pilot. Wow, that's interesting. My youngest is doing his PPL at the moment. I mean, I love flying, but being, I mean, traveling, not flying. <laughs> and, I, and I don't, I'm not mad keen on small aircraft. I'm much prefer. Mm. So when I go to to down south, I fly to Heathrow. Mm. When Will comes up from Southampton, he comes up from Southampton in a Logan Air jet, even mm. though it's a jet, it's too small. But I just, just they, I don't know if it's being tall, I get a bit cramped, but um, Fraser was telling me about, so he's, I don't know, he's, but he started at the wrong time, actually, because if he started earlier in the year, he'd probably been through, but now the way I was talking, he can't get out. Mm. So just now. But the bit where they, you have to recover from the stall, yeah. and all they do is point <laughs> up the way and kill the power, I'm like, no, mm. no, no, thank you. So yeah. I'm not sure I could handle that. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the practicality of learning and doing things like that might, yeah, maybe send me swing the wrong way. He, he loves it. I just don't. I don't get. It. I don't know where he gets from. Yeah, I think it's. I think a lot of people that are in that industry, it's just a, a sense of freedom. 
think. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a you know when you're on the road, you very much define. I mean, it, it, you do get the same thing, but in light aircraft, you pretty much as long as you a set altitude, you can you can yeah. pretty much go wherever you need yeah, to. It's um, and so there's a sense of freedom there, but also just it's just so not human is it to be up in the air you know it's completely the opposite of where we should be or where we're supposed to be and so i think it's just a fascination probably the same as getting from not to 60 in three seconds yeah but that's just as if not more exciting yeah yeah. (laughs) um so and i haven't had any of this but i heard you bake a mean guinness cake should we should we expect to see on bake off? I can't take the credit for that. Ah, right. That's okay. gotta be that's gotta be Nigella that takes the credit. Uh, okay. <laughs> I can follow a mean recipe. Whether I could whether I could take that from scratch without without the notes, I'd be I'd be very surprised. Um, okay. but it is good. Yeah. I'm sure I brought a slice in. You did. I don't think I need to. I think <laughs> I was attempting to lose weight for two uh, five times every month, I think, probably. <laughs> Okay, so one final question. So, so we wrap up. Um, tell us something about you that people are generally surprised to find out about. You. Ooh, um, it's a good question. I'd maybe say um, I used to compete in something completely different for everything I'm interested in, and it was track cycling. Oh, wow. And so I was the, I would have been or could have been a another Chris Hoy. <laughs> I mean, I did, I mean, on my 10th birthday party, I had my birthday party at the Manchester Velodrome so, and was scouted by an Olympic development coach. And she's like, you know, we, we want you to come. Um, but apparently I didn't show enough interest in the family to, to warrant driving me over to Manchester every week. So it never materialized, but it was always something I was interested in. I did compete in, in leagues for a fair few years. Um, but it was very clicky. So I, uh, ended up not falling in the right groups in it. I kind of fell out of love with it, but, um, that was my claim to sporting fame at least i managed to meet chris hoy at a training session which is good before wow. before the majority of the medals came so he was relatively unknown so um fabulous, fabulous. <laughs> i thought you were going to say that you used to run an f1 podcast i could say that as well but i don't know whether i want anybody to go and listen to <laughs> <laughs> fabulous well tom thanks so much thanks for um thanks for agreeing to do this thank you yes. Yes.